Well, good morning. Shabbat Shalom. It's great to be together. I missed you guys last week. For those who are maybe newer to our congregation, uh, or maybe you're visiting today, my name's Tim. My wife Darla and I and our two youngest children are members here. We have a formal relationship with Tom and Leah Blake through Remember Jerusalem. So that's who we are. That's who I am. Also, if you're newer to our congregation or you're visiting, uh, I'm, I get the privilege of sharing just a couple of moments on a brief commentary on these selections of what we call the portion or the Torah portion. So each week we read through the Torah, the first five books uh, throughout the year, uh, the first five books of the Old Covenant Scriptures and the Prophets. And then, of course, we're followers of Yeshua, so we also uh, read uh, from the New Covenant Scriptures. I want to start with Matthew 27 and 28 for that very reason, because all that we are, all that we do, everything about us goes through the lens of the new covenant. The old covenant scriptures are glorious and powerful for today. The prophets are valuable for today, but it all goes through that lens of the new covenant. I actually had a pretty profound personal encounter with the Lord as I was reading Matthew 27 and 28 this week. In preparation. In fact, a few days ago, I had one of those encounters, and maybe you've had these, where I was weeping and I needed lots of tissues for the activity of my nose. Let the reader understand. It was profound. Matthew 27, we know Yeshua has already been uh, arrested. They have this mockery of a trial. He's tortured, he's beaten, and he's murdered. Our Messiah. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be a follower of Yeshua at that time? Because you saw the miracles. You saw dead people raised up. You saw him walk on the water. He spoke to a storm and it stopped. People who were paralyzed could walk. People who were blind could now see. People who were deaf could now hear. But yet, here he was. He gave himself up. I imagine they sat around a lot and didn't blink, maybe twice a day or something. How devastating this must have been. There must have been a lot of shock and denial. They had believed, they had trusted like Shimon Kepha, like Simon Peter. They had believed that he was the Messiah. He proved it by his acts. In fact, Yeshua himself said, even if you don't believe in me, believe in what I've done. But here he was, dead, put in a tomb. But then the good news, Matthew 28 Matthew 28 is the most, I would say, the most profound, impacting, glorious, game-changing passage of all Scripture. This account in Matthew and in the Gospels of the resurrection is the most powerful passages we can read. I didn't get an amen yet, but I think you might agree. Let me talk further. His resurrection, and he was more than raised from the dead. He was glorified. This body was not a normal body that he was inhabiting. Many in history had raised the dead. Many in history, just like we read from Moses, uh, he raised his staff, uh, as we read in the Exodus Torah portion, he raised his staff, and the waters parted, and they walked through on dry ground. But we know that Moses died and apparently remained dead. It's different with our Messiah. Our Messiah proved that he is 
the son of David. He proved that he is the son of God through his resurrection. One of the most profound passages is in Matthew 28, 5 and 6. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Yeshua who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Just as he said. He made lots of promises, and he demonstrated power uh, as being the Son of God, as being the Messiah. He made lots of promises, but was this promise going to be true, that he was going to be crucified, laid in a tomb, and three days later rise up? That's the final, that's the final message. That's the final defeat. Death finally had him. Temporarily. But the good news is he's not there. Just as he said, his promises are true. We say that a lot. He's faithful. He's true. He's good. He proved it by overcoming death. And for those of us in the Messiah, those of us who have come into covenantal relationship with our God in Messiah Yeshua, we too get to be resurrected. We too get to be glorified. We too someday will become just like Him. Now until then, we have not yet been glorified. We have not yet been resurrected. We have assignments. We have things to do. We have purpose as we read all throughout, I should have looked up how many times in the scriptures it says go. We heard a lot of goes in this. I think that's what I would entitle this Darash, go therefore, or then go. We have assignments. We have things we need to do. We have work that has to be done. I want to share two specific prophetic exhortations briefly that, that this congregation, this family has received. See, that's what happens when you get encounter. Pay attention to the nose. <laughs> Quickly, two prophetic uh, exhortations. One was last year at the Tacoon America Conference. God was affirming this body of Messiah, this, these very people, those sitting in these pews around, around you, that this is a great place. God has built a great foundation. We have great leadership. We have great membership. We have great attenders. We have great people coming here. But it's now it's time for a shift. Not away from building that, but also to add on going, to go forth, to reach out to our communities. Just a few weeks ago, Paul and Lauren Blake stood on this very platform and exhorted us in the Lord He's pleased with us. He loves what's happening here. And Paul Blake said from this platform, he said, don't just sit under this tree. It's time to go. It's time to go out. God is partnering with us in his plan. Now, some in this room are called to missions or full-time vocational ministry. That's true. There's some of you, there's some of you who are quite little yet, and you haven't actually answered the call to go to go to the nations or to be missionaries or to be in ministry. But we can all go. Every one of us. I want you to hear me on this. We can go to our families, to our friends, in our workplaces, to our neighbors, to the uh, social groups that we have. We are all called, not just to the full-time vocational ministry. The personal encounter that I was referring to happened to me not when I was fasting and praying, but I was at work. I had some windshield time related to my work, and I was just thinking, wow, Matthew 28. 
He's risen. He's not there. He's alive. And I was contemplating that when I had an encounter. It was while I was at work. By the way, you know where Moses was at when he got his, had his encounter, right? I mean, he woke up, only hit snooze like once on his alarm. He, he made some coffee and had his morning devos. He went to work, clocked in, and was doing his job. It might have been just a regular day, a mundane day. I'm doing my work. I'm on the far side of the land. And he sees a bush, as Tom called it earlier, an unburning bush. We can all go while we're at work, while we're at play. If Matthew 28 has had an effect on your life, if the resurrected Messiah has had an effect on your life, you are called to go. I want to pray for you if that's all right. And you can just say to the Lord, no, I don't accept this if you don't accept this. <laughs> Father, in the name of Yeshua, I ask that you would release to us our calling. I ask that you would release to us an encounter with you. Maybe it's an unburning bush. Maybe it's while we're at work or we're at home. Or maybe we're stay-at-home moms with little kids and we've got 15 seconds in the bathroom alone. I'm asking that you would give us encounter that we would hear your voice calling us into the purposes until that time where we meet you and we become like you. In the name of Yeshua, amen.